May 12th, 2022. All right, let's do the show. Thanks for coming back, overtimers. Got my Greek learn on. An old friend, George Lyos, chairman of this year's Greek Open, coming up. Tickets still available. If you don't know much about the St. Louis Greek community, we're going to fix that. For those new to my podcast, my name is David Oliver, and this is my playground, Overtime with Oliver. Hope one and all had a nice Mother's Day. My cheesy hash brown casserole was again top-notch. Summer concerts are coming back. Other than the Black Crows, it's been a while, two, three years since I had seen one. Let's see, let's look at the list. Ario Speedwagon and Sticks with Loverboy. Seen Ario. Here's why I, I wrote that down. Tickets range from 22 to $364. What does $364 get you at $22 does not? Chris Rock post slap Ego Death Tour, June 11th and 12th at the Stiefel. Santana, Earth, Wind, and Fire in July. And Earth, Wind, and Fire are probably, I got to check that out while they're still touring. Friends of the podcast, El Monstero and Living Color, also in July. Hollywood Casino Amphitheater. John Mullaney, late July, Enterprise Center. The Psychedelic Furs, an X, late July at the pageant. Psychedelic Furs, I know. X seems like one of those bands you should probably go check out at least once. So maybe we'll figure that out. Speaking of, check him out at least once. George Benson coming to the factory August 4th. And the Casey birthday party with Sammy Hagar. Always fun. George Thorogood. Saw him at Mississippi Nights. He's great. August 26th at the Casino Theater. The union representing Schnooks workers recently agreed on a new three-year deal. Bullet points, more benefits, and a 10% increase by the end of the agreement. A key vote on the Women's Health Protection Act, a Democratic-led bill aimed at preserving access to abortion nationwide, has failed in the Senate 49-51. to What say you? Three things you should if you have not. Two docs, one good, one very good. Kemet, Missouri's own Cheryl Crow is the focus on Showtime. Not much about the relationships, if that's what you were looking for, but there's a lot to be admired here. If anyone listening knows Cheryl, hook me up. I say Ben Fong Torres. You say, think Almost Famous, think Rolling Stone Magazine. He not only wrote about everybody in music, he formed opinions on greats like The Doors, Ray Charles, The Dead, also, some good stuff about growing up Chinese in California. Mostly, not good. Time to pay some bills. Vital, V-I-D-L-L-I-F-E dot com. Who is vital in your life? Show them with a customized water bottle, detachable base. You can put your earbuds in there, vitamins, whatever. Proceeds go to fixing our local foster care program. Oliver at checkout gets you 10% off. You know what? I've been surprised. Not as much interest in the following, but if you want to host your own podcast, let my team do all the work and you have all the fun. Kathy Helbig is starting her own and you can too. Great way to market your services. Email otwitholiver at gmail.com for more information. And last, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. John Mullaney, Horse in the Hospital. Google it. Pro-Trump or anti, it kills. Opa, George Lias, chairman of this year's Greek Open. Get some paper and pen for details. I asked George on because I'm not that up to speed on the Greek St. Louis community, and his family has been a vital part of it for decades. We play the vocab game, Think Greek Fat Wedding, 
vinegar, not Windex. There's a new Greek doc coming out. And yes, the Greeks absolutely started everything. Any episode with a Lupatsu mention is a good one. Hergo Leos, welcome to the Overtime Fam. Go to Overtime. Overtime with Oliver, with my dad. Tell your friends. Welcome in from Waterloo. Thanks for the trip. Well, great to be here, David. And uh, I want to say unofficially, even though she doesn't want to be on camera, I'm going to mention her because she's with us here. Presently is my daughter, Sophia, who made the trip as well. We're under the magnifying glass. She's watching everything we do, critiquing, and I fully expect that when we're done, C minus, C plus, something in that area. If we're so lucky, yes. Um, she she bends a little bit, so I may get a curve grade that pushes me up a little bit, but uh, she, she's always good for feedback. Right off the bat, let's thank Smash for hooking us up. Yes, indeed. Afaristopoli, Sir Smashington. And what's funny is, as I'm sure I'll talk a little bit about before we start this conversation, we were buddies in college. We were indeed. And so I called up Smash, and I'm like, hey, um, this Greek opens going on i know i have a huge blind spot when it comes to understanding the greek community in st louis who should i reach out to and he said george you didn't even get to your last name and i was like i know george <laughs> we talk fantasy football baseball all day long that's right Which, that's by the right. way i haven't done that in a long time well dave you were known as trader dave way back when and you you told me uh, as as well as others, the art of the deal was yours before Donald Trump. So you always had the great trades. I, I was never so lucky. Was, you always had to bring in somebody else to take the punishment. Like right. Man to man, right. you needed to break even, but there was always a third person sure. who really didn't understand what was going on. Right, right, right. right. And we played for M&M's. <laughs> Essentially, yes. I mean, you know, it was big money back then. I think it was like 50 or 80 bucks. Um, and uh, I split my pot with D- Dan Ritchie, our mutual friend from Mizzou. Uh, and uh, Dan was extremely knowledgeable when it came to sports. But attention to detail was not his forte. Uh, so I handled the money and I handled the uh, the trades, for the most part, unless he, he felt vociferously on occasion that it wasn't right or he could make it right. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, Greek culture in St. Louis. Walk me through Who came over on the boat? My father did okay. uh, when he was 18 years old. And then what year would that have been? That would have been 1958, okay. and he uh, was in Ypsilanti, Michigan, and went to Eastern Michigan for the first couple of years of school and then finished up at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor. How did he get in St. Louis? So uh, the trek went like this. He went from Ann Arbor, Michigan, when he graduated in 1965, uh, since he had an engineering background and the defense industry was going gangbusters. And he had an older brother who uh, was two years older who had already gone out to California. And the climate there is very Mediterranean, so it was a perfect fit. Uh, they were making money, they were having fun, and they were enjoying themselves in Mediterranean surroundings. Um, so when they got their jobs. My dad got his job with Douglas Aircraft, which became McDonnell Douglas, uh, which eventually became Boeing. So when they were bought out by McDonnell, uh, they were headquartered here. And 
how did we get here other than the home office being here uh my father went to cape canaveral and worked on the space program with nasa and my mother lived right across the hall and on the elevator one morning she said to him hi how are you what's your name and he said art but it's actually aristomenes oh thanks nice to meet you you know we're neighbors What's your background? What did you major in in college? As we heard many times when we were at Mizzou, I was a double E major. Double E? I was double E too. Elementary education. No, electrical engineering. So that's essentially how the foundation was formed. Uh, Both of them with double E backgrounds with different ends of the spectrum. And my mother is from Alton, Illinois, uh, and... My grandfather's name on her side was Michael Maloney Kidding. So I have an interesting mix of Greek and Irish, which I think a lot of people in St. Louis can relate to because it's always Irish or German and something else. So how big is, throwing out a ballpark number, the Greek community in St. Louis? Well, it's, it's hard to put an exact number on it, but we're big enough to essentially have three churches. Uh, the primary one uh, that was established first was St. Nicholas, which is in the central west end right off of Kings Highway and Forest Park Parkway. My parents were married there in 1968. Uh, And then we have another Greek Orthodox church on the east side in Swansea. It's a small congregation, and it's St. Constantine and Helen. And then we have our church that I grew up in, which was originally across the street from City Hall in U City, and we relocated after an unfortunate incident that took place with a U City firefighter who was a little too much of a pyromaniac and torched our church, unfortunately. Uh, so the settlement money from that insurance claim allowed us to move next to the MAC West, and the name of the church is the Assumption Greek Orthodox Church, famously known for their Friday luncheons that unfortunately came to an end when COVID started. How many people in your church? Uh, We have about 400 uh, roughly, I think, parishioners, um, probably 100 to 150 families. Uh, My numbers are not the best in terms of getting that pinned down. I was the Iron Man from the time I was 7 to 17, uh, where I did not miss uh, Sunday. I've got the uh, forms to show that I had perfect attendance in Sunday school, perfect attendance as an altar boy. God will know. Uh, God does know that I did my time, (laughs) uh, but uh, my time is not as much right now. I, I, I would like to say also that Uh, My wife grew up in the same church that uh, I grew up in, and our children, um, even though they're not involved directly, indirectly through my mother-in-law and my father, who are always there, they always have prayers for them every Sunday. Dad's still kicking? Dad is 82, mom is 82, uh, and I I say that with the idea in mind that this is uh, 82 in the year of 22. Brag on your dad a little bit because he was kind of an important person. Yeah, he was the one who worked 
to relocate the church to its present location, and he served as its president on several occasions. And and my mother-in-law did uh, many things with the women that really did the hard work in cooking all of the great things like baklava and uh, pasticcio. They didn't make the euros, but we'll just say their euros, when they made them at home and other things, were always 10 times better. And, and I'm, I'm going to head you off at the pass. Where Where is the best Greek food served in the St. Louis area? I am not going to say any restaurant. I am going to say at uh, my wife's or my mother-in-law's home. There you go. It's, well, you should. I know we meet homemade here. Is it hero or gyro? It's, we, we call it gyro uh, with, with the idea that the G and the Y are, are like, uh, like with yaya. Uh, it, it's like yeah, euro. Get your gyros out. Yeah. So we we bought we went to fresh time, bought some lamb. Yeah. Threw a whole bunch of stuff in it. Got to blender it, and then you put it like in a loaf sheet. That's right. It was fantastic. Well, I'm glad to hear it turned out well because a lot of people don't have the patience for that kind There's of. There's a teaspoon of this right. and three teaspoons of that, yeah. and at the end it of, came out great. Yes. At the end of the day, it's always oregano. Salt, pepper, maybe a little bit of other things here or there in whoever's little secret, whether it's sugar or some other type of spice. But, uh, you know, for me, I used to love euros when I was younger, but now they they wreak havoc on me in terms of <laughs> uh, heartburn and indigestion. So I, I if I do indulge in that, it will be for breakfast, not for dinner. Okay, so... Again, I didn't know you growing up. You seem like Greek was not that big of a deal. I'm assuming that's because there's no Greek shame going on, or does everybody get bullied? Well, that's that's a very good question because my mom did not like the name George when I was a little kid. So she insisted that I go by my Greek name, which is Yorgo. Uh, we have the, like, Euro, Yorgo, Euro. Um, Silent Q. Right. Well, <laughs> and, and, and so from the time I was little, everybody made fun of me because of that name. But on my birth certificate, it says George. So when I went to college, I went by George, even though a bunch of people that I went to high school with still called me Yorgo. And they're like, that's your name. I said, well, technically it's what's on the birth certificate. Nonetheless, uh, my close friends, even if they didn't know me growing up, they know me as Yorgo because that's that's what I was called when I was growing up and at home and at uh, my closest friends. Now, is your wife Greek? She is a hundred percent. I'm I'm is, just the, I'm just the handsome half breed. Is that as stereotypical as you see in the movies? You're going to marry Greek? Well, well yes, of course. And and I, I'm here to tell you, both my daughters have heard that since they were very very little, and they had. Their gambros, uh, their their future husbands, already picked out by not me. Uh, the father is only there to pay for it. The mother and the uh, mother-in-law are there to do the dirty work. Um, so, Sophia, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up. Yes, had to. Well, no, she doesn't have to. She has she has a mind of her own, and I will tell you that uh, she will let you know with a thumbs down if I'm out of bounds, uh, but. I will say, before Sophia was even born, she had somebody already picked out for her, and, <laughs> and he was from Ann Arbor, Michigan. You know, when Smash was here, 
Mm-hmm. I, ma- I made a stereotype that all the Greek people I know, they, they keep their stuff tight. Sure. Take care of themselves. Sure. Very family-oriented. Not that they're not friendly with everybody, but their house is tight. It definitely is. And this is a byproduct in terms of what you see around the Mediterranean. And, and what you see in St. Louis as well. Uh, there's a large Lebanese community here uh, that you may or may not know of that's Marianite, uh, which is Greek Orthodox light, essentially. And those people are very, very tight. Right. Uh, whether they're from Lebanon, Syria, Palestine, Israel, Egypt, you name it, or, or Cyprus or Greece, for that matter, or Syria. Um, and and they, they have to be resourceful because that's the way they survived for 5,000 years. And the religion is a reflection of that as well. It, the, the Marianite church that you may have gone to, St. Raymond's, which is right down there by uh, Checkerboard Square, uh, Ralston Purina, they had a Wednesday luncheon. The idea of the Wednesday luncheon was adopted by our church for a Friday luncheon. Why did they do this? Because most of the parishioners were in the restaurant business, and you're not going to find a tighter-knit operation than a restaurant because either you make it or you don't. And Everybody most, in the family pitches in. Everybody in the family pitches in, and you got to have a good product. So as a result, many of our parishioners who are in the restaurant business have volunteered their time and effort for the Friday luncheon, as well as the upcoming Greek festival, which is going to be drive-through this, uh, I think it's uh, Memorial Day weekend. Now, that's in Valley Park, right? It is in town and country. Town and country. It's right next to the MAC West. Thank you. And it's essentially at the intersection of 270 and Manchester. Is there another Greek festival that I'm thinking of? 270 Manchester, I guess, is where my head was yeah. at. Yeah, yeah. That's that's where it's been for the last 35 years, roughly. And uh, we started from nothing. We built, essentially, a multi-purpose center that served as uh dining hall, church, uh, basketball court, and uh, now, uh, I want to say about 30 years ago, they built a sanctuary that uh, really, really is impressive, and I'd encourage you or your kids to come by sometime, hopefully when the Friday luncheon is going, and my so dad... So the luncheon is coming back? Hopefully. Hopefully after... Um, this year, 2023, I think, is the target. So you can tour your church. You know, Mormons don't let you in their place. Well, we're a little different in that yeah. regard. We want you to see what we're all about. Uh, we'll just say also it, it's not the easiest thing that we promote in terms of conversion, but we encourage people just to say, all right, I didn't know about Greek Orthodoxy. Uh, there, There is a long, long history. It's more strict. It, it, it's more formal. More formal. Unlike Catholic Church, we don't get in and out at a set time. <laughs> uh, there may be a memorial service. There may During be... COVID, did you Zoom? Uh, there was a Zoom option. I, I don't know if I was on the other end of that, but... Because uh, the beauty of that was you could watch it whenever right. you got around to it. So right. you didn't have to sit there Sunday at 9 o'clock or right. whatever the time is. Right, right. Uh, but... I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to not go. Right, that's the thing. That's the thing. And and like I said, I've already established my my long-term commitment when I was younger. 
But I, I would tell you this. It, it, it's a very interesting uh, take on uh, how religion was in the old country because there was no Vatican II or Vatican I, for that matter, for the Greek Orthodox Church. It is still very much the same as it was 1,000 or 1,500 years ago. And, and then, unfortunately, there was a schism between the Catholic Church and the Greek Orthodox Church because of the issue of the Pope being infallible. Whether he's infallible or not is not my concern, but what is my concern is that the Greek Orthodox Church was right at the edge of everything when it comes to the foundation of Christianity. When we were blessed with the idea of getting married in Greece and honeymooning there, we didn't make a conscious effort to follow St. Paul, uh, but we did. And we went to places that may or may not sound familiar to those who have done time in uh, Catholic school. We went to Thessaloniki, Thessalonians, Ephesus, Ephesians, um, is there a Mecca for their religion? Constantinople is the seat of, of uh, where we have our church. It is located in Turkey. Uh, it, some people will call it um, by its Turkish name. We call it Constantinople. I got, I got They Might Be Giants playing in my head. You ever heard that Constantinople song? Yes. Okay. Yes. And, and Is that not good? Did I just make no, a No, 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 no. Everybody goes with that. Okay. Right, right. <laughs> and and we went there on our honeymoon, and I will tell you, it is a beautiful, beautiful city. The Turkish people are very hospitable. And that's, that's just the way things are around that area. And you have to see it for yourself. And, and following in the path of St. Paul, one more step was Corinthians. We went, uh, my dad is not too far from Corinth. So this this was the way Christianity started, and the first Bible was uh, in Greek. Do you know who Kathleen Madigan is? Yes. So she's got a skit where she's in Iraq uh-huh. performing for the tours, mm-hmm. and they get up in the helicopter, and below her, as she tells the joke, are the camels and the horses. Right. And she goes, yes. it's like the Bible, and not the good one. It's the first <laughs> yeah. one. Well, hopefully they're not coming to kill the baby. Uh, but you know, all of those stories are important, whether you're religious or not. Uh, the text of the Bible is something that has survived forever. The interpretation is something that has been argued forever. And at the end of the day, you know, if if we can just draw some inspiration from its teachings to a certain extent, then we're doing pretty good. Dude, does Greek have a being a man event. Yeah, when you're born. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> there have been many uh, Greek men who were born with mustaches, and <laughs> many of them uh, have have the name George, Nick, or Pete, as we had mentioned earlier. Uh, the, those names are recycled time and again because of the names passed down uh, through the ages. So... When when it when it comes to becoming a man officially, there there's no ceremony that you may have in in terms of the Jewish faith or or in the Catholic faith or what have you. It's just kind of assumed that you know when you're born, this is this is where you are, this is what you're going to do, and anything can happen. You may be forced into being uh, a provider at a very very young age, but for the most part, I think most Greek women, and I'll look to Sophia on this, 
will say that the boys are spoiled more. So the movie, good thing, yeah. bad thing. Great thing. It, it and it happened right before we got married. So our big fat Greek wedding coincided soon after that movie came out. And what it really what con- color was your tux? <laughs> we got married in Greece. Tuxedos they don't do that over there. You wear a nice suit. Nice. Uh, my wife wore wore a beautiful white dress. Uh, but what is more important is that the experience that we had as kids growing up is very similar to the experience that was portrayed on on the movie. And uh, and the idiosyncrasies of everything, yeah, all of that pretty much is true. Windex, that's a little extreme. <laughs> I haven't heard that one before, but... Uh, Sophia says vinegar. Yes, it smells like vinegar on many days when I come back from work. Um, and that, that's then I know we have a clean house. We have clean windows primarily. Uh, my wife does windows, uh, unlike many others who don't know how to do windows. So do you do the word game where you know the root of all the words? Every word. Okay. Every word. Kimono. Baseball. <laughs> Baseball. Baseball. Base meaning here, where we're at. The Basie, Basie being Vasily, short for Vasily. It's home run. He comes back to the home base. It's like Christmas. There it is. <laughs> it's all Greek to me. Okay, uh, ravioli. 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 Ravioli is uh, more uh, Sicilian. Uh, if you see the Godfather... Apollonia, she's a ravioli, more Greek than Italian, <laughs> but always, always so good to have as an appetizer. <laughs> All right, the festival's when? The festival is at the end of May. I want to say it's May 26th, 27th, 28th, holiday weekend. You going for the first time, what should you do? What you should do is call ahead or text your order in. They are all about taking uh, orders online or over the phone, and it's a drive-through, so you don't have to come in. And it's it's pretty well thought out, so you're not going to be there in long lines if you had experienced that in the past. When you know there's a mad rush either at lunchtime or at dinner time, and you're waiting an hour to get a shish kebab, a gyro, or baklava. I would say if a St. Louisan has gone to a Greek restaurant. More than three times. They have to have been to Spiro's at least once. At, uh, at least once. Uh, they had several locations. Unfortunately, COVID shuttered the one in South City. Uh, and, and the young men who have been part of this restaurant family for a long time, uh, I went to school with when I was in high school. And they're carrying on the tradition very, very well. Let's sell some tickets to the golf tournament. What day is the tournament? Uh, the golf tournament is June 27th. That's a Monday at Persimmon Woods. We're raising money for backstoppers. And the reason we're doing that is, number one, the cornerstone of every civilization begins with law and order. And if there's no law, there's no order. And there, if there's no order, there's no law. And our first responders are the ones who pay the ultimate sacrifice in preserving that law and order. I did about 25 years in the public sector working as a city administrator for 
19, 20 years. That's the last time I saw you. Yeah, yeah. And and before that, I worked for the Attorney General as an intern and worked for a professor at Mizzou on his congressional campaign. And I'm here to tell you that local government, believe it or not, it's your best government. The reason why is we don't have a buffer. The buffer that you would hear about in The Godfather, making another reference to that, was you never could get to The Godfather because there was always a buffer in between. Well, at the local level, you can't hide. They know you. They know where you live. They know where you shop. They know where your kids go to school. They will track you down if you have a problem or if they have a problem with trash removal, snow removal, or anything under the sun. However, if you're in Jefferson City or you get Potomac fever and you're stuck in the Beltway in D.C., you got a big buffer. We got a buddy who does a lot of that Jefferson City stuff, Kit. Disadvantaged and and giving them jobs to make them feel like productive members, uh, which they are. And uh, he's done an amazing job doing the Lord's work. Money. What's what's the cost ballpark to be a part so, of the golf tournament? Uh, for, are, you, are you still taking sponsorship? We are. We are. So go to the Take Greek go to the Greek Open STL uh, and you can register online there. We did sell it out last year. However, I would rather sell it out sooner rather than later this year, and sooner sounds real good to me right now. I would also tell you, if you just want to play as an individual, we've got individual uh, registrations for $275, or if you just want to provide some sponsorship, Anything from 150 to $10,000, we'd be happy to take your money and use it for a good cause with promoting Backstoppers. So the proceeds go to Backstoppers? The proceeds, uh, majority of the proceeds go to Backstoppers. Uh, some of them go to the Hellenic Spirit Foundation, which has sponsored this tournament for the Greek Open for the past 30-plus years. Nothing to the church? We, since we have several churches in the area— uh, we don't want to one or the other. So what we ask from the parish priests of each church, if they have parishioners who are in need, and unfortunately we've had more and more of those individuals pop up over the last several years. So at Christmas time, we work with the parish priests to provide for them. And and the the person who came up with that idea, you may or may not know, his name was Lou Patsu, who was yeah. big in the bo- basketball community here, and his son Michael. Funny. Yes. Michael is at Whitfield. He'll be going to Vianney for the next school year. And uh, Lou was a good dude, man. Lou was a great person. Uh, Lou walked the walk and talked the talk, uh, and his children do the same. And I'm happy to say that they're involved with the golf tournament, and they're both great young men who carry on his tradition. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple years ago, and it was amazing to see the turnout for that event because he really did transcend beyond the Greek community into not just basketball but other sports, and he was just a great person. Yeah, silent auction afterwards? We will have a silent auction afterwards. We'll have a live auction. Sir Smashington and I did a pretty good job last year in terms of... What are some of the items? Well, we have a lot of stuff that is golf-related. So, for instance, uh, we'll have a foursome at Whitmore uh, that we'll auction off. We had 
tickets to the Cardinals in uh, the green seats. Those are the types of things that usually we have. But more than anything else. You're giving away a puppy. No, we're not giving away a puppy because I would probably take home the puppy since we have a cat at home and uh, we have all females at home except for me. So if I'm going to bring home a puppy, it's going to be a male puppy so we can try to even things out. I knew how much, how little I knew about the Greek family in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. All this family. What is the biggest thing I should know that I would get the most out of like shame on me for not at least knowing this I would tell you David that the Greek community has done an excellent job assimilating like many uh, groups who have come here but at the end of the day when they're really having a good time, look out for the plates because they're <laughs> going to crack on the floor. So that's just a word of warning. Uh, if if there's a little too much ouzo in their tanks, uh, the, the plates will be cracking, but everybody's going to have a good time in the process. There was a good doc about the Hill released a couple of years yes. ago. Is there anything doc-wise yeah. that go? Yes. In fact, there's something being done presently by Tom Bellows, whose father was the chanter at our church, and he did about 25 years in Southern California in in the entertainment industry, and he's working on that with Dr. Michael Kosmopoulos, who is the chair of the Hellenic Studies Program at UMSL. And uh, we're, we're really, really proud to have an endowed professorship that many of the families in the Greek community here in St. Louis sponsored about 30 years ago. And Dr. Kosmopoulos is a very well-respected scholar when it comes to archaeology. So one of these days, I'm hoping that Sophia will spend a summer in Greece, not just digging in the ruins, but Digging the ruins and digging a <laughs> few other things. That's not the first things. time you've ever said that. No, actually it is. <laughs> actually it is. Uh, and at the end of the day, if she learns a little more Greek than what she has come to know, since her mother is fluent and her mother-in-law, uh, her, her English is not the best, but uh, she can understand them both very, very well. However, when you're immersed in it in Greece... It's a little different, and you have to fend for yourself. And and I'm I'm guilty as charged to that. Uh, when I was a little kid, and I went there, I was baptized there. I went there when my brother was baptized, and I went there when I was six. And by the time I was six, I knew my first real important words in Greek, "thelo pagoto," which means I want an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Sure it does, like I would know. <laughs> yes, know it. it means I want an ice cream, uh, and they have great ice cream there. So growing up, was there a book or a movie that made you proud to be Greek? Not really. I I would say when, when we were kids growing up, it was still kind of tough to be somewhat ethnic. Uh, again, back to my name, Yorgo, it, it kind of pushed me into a sphere that I really didn't want to be in. But you know what? If you're there, you might as well embrace it to a certain extent. 
when it, it, going to Greek school, like you see in my big fat Greek wedding, yeah, that's you know, I I wanted to do other things. I wanted to play more sports, but in all honesty, when you add it all up, I really wasn't going to be a professional athlete. Uh, I probably could have uh, got a little more energy out with sports rather than being stuck in a desk trying to learn Greek. And my Greek was not good. I was, you know, a C minus student at best when it came to that because I only had one parent at home who spoke Greek and he traveled a lot with his job. So whenever I do say something in Greek, I usually say it in his tone and it's something like anexetophos, which means turn on the light or visetophos. They, they, they do. Directly translate uh, some, uh, the Greek language to English, which right. is called Greeklish. Greeklish, yes. So Greeklish is is open the light, and so they say it in Greek, and then they also say it in English. And people who don't understand Greek are say, "Open the light? What the heck are you talking about? Close <laughs> the light? Okay, all right, I got it now." So those those are the types of things that Greeklish or Spanglish, you get those types of things as well. Is there a good Greek band? Um, my wife would probably be very, very uh, inclined to answer that better than myself. And she would say, if you're looking for a Greek band, it's better to look for one in larger Greek communities like Chicago, Detroit, in the Midwest. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, some of the guys who do perform, who are from St. Louis, do a handful of weddings or events like the Greek festival that we have. We really don't have enough to keep them busy full time. Got it. Whereas in Chicago and Detroit, or New York for that matter, they really have a lot of stuff going on there. When people come over and you're cooking dinner, what's your go-to dish? Well, I'm banned from the kitchen. Um, <laughs> it, it, that's That's where the ladies take care of their... Their stuff, and Sophia might have something to say about that. Uh, primarily, pita, uh, which is um, here. Hold on. What is that again? Uh, primarily, pita, which is a um, a flaky cheese pie, and it's layers of thin dough coated with butter, and in between. Uh, Feta cheese and eggs and uh, filo dough. Filo dough. That was the flaky dough that I yeah. was referencing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes, filo dough is uh, the buttery, flaky dough that uh, is in between the uh, cheese, butter, and eggs, and it's um, something that's that we uh, usually have when we have guests over and um, many other Greek families. I uh, would assume would probably say the same thing. It's more of a holiday dish, but we like to indulge our guests. So, nice, very good. We'll see how that comes out. I'll give you a heads up. I'm trying to think. The last time I had filo dough. Filo dough. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, you can buy it in, in the store. Um, I or put you... like like sausage onion in the filo dough. Mm. Is, is that a no, is that an imitation of something? No, no, no. So the filo dough is a very thin sheet. 
It's so, flaky. Right. So right. like with baklava, that's filo dough. That's right. rolled out. So you really can't stuff anything in it other yeah. than, well, no, you have to layer it. Um, right. right. I've seen that. That's how they do it on the YouTube videos. Okay. You know, you know, You've got to be patient. Right. <laughs> Patience is probably the most important watchword when it comes to making Greek food because a lot of it is time-consuming in making. But if you make it right, usually the pecking order in terms of the Greek families at holiday time is, all right, what was their baklava like? Well, if it was no good, then, you know, you got we're, we're not going to that place, <laughs> or or if we do, we've had enough to eat already. All right, so you're we're about the same age, fifty two, fifty three. A generation ago, mm-hmm. were people of that age more tyrant, more strict. So if you were somebody who was from Greece, even to this day, uh, it, it is a different culture there. It, it is very paternalistic, and that. It's changing somewhat, uh, but not entirely. Well, look at your sister. Uh, my sister-in-law yeah. is is the head of Blue Cross Blue Shield. Uh, she got her start in the mailroom, essentially, and worked her way up. Thankfully, my wife was working there, and the difference in age is about five years, and and she has really been a success story in the St. Louis area. And she's Greek. She is Greek. and, and uh, That's our own version of the freaking the movie. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. We should have her on. I bet you that she'd tell some stories. She could tell some stories, and when it comes to health care, she can tell you some better stories. <laughs> Anything I'm forgetting to ask, who'd you, was there somebody Greek that you looked up to that you were not related to? Okay, now that's, that's a very, very good question because when we were kids growing up, there were guys who you would always hear about whether they were entertainers or academics or what have you. So, Telly Savalas being one of them. Okay. Yeah, of course he's Greek. Who loves you, baby? Right, right. Uh, and he, he wore it very, very well. But then another guy who nobody knows about, Dwayne Stats, except for you. Uh, since Dwayne <laughs> Stats used to be an announcer for the Cubs, and he did a stint on Channel 11 here way back when, he's Greek. Uh, of course, his name is anglicized, from Stathanopoulos uh, to Stats. And uh, we have a connection in, in the Greek community because our friend Tom Bellos, who is producing the documentary that's very similar to the one on the Hill, his mother uh, was in a dental office and Dwayne Stats was a patient. So that's how he got to know Dwayne Stats. Comes around, goes around. What comes around, goes around. What's the best Greek city? Like if you go and you really want to do it right. I think... Chicago's Chinatown is as good as I've ever been. Okay, that's that's another excellent question. I'd tell you Toronto's Greek town oh. is second to none. Uh, New York. That one basketball player, the Greek guy, uh, Giannis he's Antetokounmpo. From Toronto, isn't he? No, he's he's from Greece actually. Okay. He, it, it was interesting how when he was a kid, he was Nigerian. He came with his family to Greece to sell CDs, and when I went to Greece, I hadn't been there in probably ten years. In 2000, we see a bunch of people selling CDs. And my uncle goes, oh, yeah, they're everywhere. Their English is very, very good because they know that they have to speak English and they have to speak Greek well to sell. And Giannis, in one of his interviews, said, I knew by just looking at somebody if I could sell them something. <laughs> and and that's what it takes. It takes those types of instincts to make that happen. And he's done it 
better than anybody, not just on the basketball court. I'm, I'm convinced he would have made money no matter what. So how many times have you been to Toronto? Toronto, uh, my wife and I were engaged there, and uh, I was there one other time, and I would venture to say it is the way things should be done in every major metropolitan area. It is extremely diverse. It is extremely safe. It's New York made like Disneyland. A lot of public transportation, just like Disneyland or Disney World, to get people to and from. It's a small world in terms of every ethnic enclave imaginable, whether it's Asian, European, or anything else in between. And when it comes to weather, we were there at the perfect time in September. I'm not going to comment about what it's like in wintertime, but they claim it's better than Detroit when it comes to weather. Does anybody hate the Greeks? I mean, you get along with your... Does anybody hate the Greeks? Well, there, there is a longstanding uh, issue over the country of Cyprus that took place in 1974 with Turkey. And Turkey being the Ottoman Empire that occupied Greece for 500 years, there, there's a lot of history there. But they, I, from an outsider looking in, you would say they have more similarities than they do differences, mm-hmm. especially in the major cities and especially in the area that is Turkey because that used to be Greece as well. Asia Minor is what it's referred to it as. And the Greek, the, the Greek idea that Rome may have conquered Greece, but Greek culture conquered Rome applies also to Turkey. Uh, the Turks may have conquered the Greeks, but Greek culture conquered Turkey. And the reason why is that these are things that have essentially been worked on for years and years and years, if not centuries. And for me, not just with the words, but you take any type of academic inclination. We'll just say medicine. Who created medicine? This guy named Hippocrates that Sophia did a class project on when she was little. There were a few tears shed in terms of every class project that is done with a parent. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, uh, we got it done, and it was a really good learning experience for her as well as us. Uh, Law, uh, even though Roman law is more prominent now, the idea of the Socratic method, which is used in law school in terms of trying to find out what the truth really is, there's a guy named Socrates. It's not Socrates. It's Socrates, and, and his idea still persists. So, Here's a stupid, uh, cheesy question. What is your hope for the next generation's of Greeks in St. Louis. Well, since we're looking at it right now, front and center with my daughter, Sophia, who's 18, I just hope that with a little bit of help that we're able to get her back to Greece. She was baptized in Greece, uh, not just with doing some time with the UMSL program in archaeology with Dr. Cosmopolis, but on a more regular basis with the idea that we have a place there. And unfortunately, we haven't been there for almost 20 years. 
It happens when you raise kids, but my hope is that she, along with her sister, along with others, will be able to go there, enjoy the beautiful beach that's just right down the street, and the unique culture that uh, the Mediterranean provides in terms of you don't live to work, you work to live. I think they got it right. It, it, they, they'd rather live first than work, and they have a, a nap in the middle of the day to make sure of that. What do they call They don't call it a siesta. What do they call it? So, Sophia, what does Yaya call it? I don't know. She just says she's laying down, like, messed up. Yeah. Uh, kind of yepno. Uh, yeah. You, yeah. But that directly translates she's going, going to, sleep, to sleep, sleep at night. Right, right. Yeah. So whether you go to any part of the Mediterranean, you'll see very similar lifestyles. And for us who we probably work a little too much, it's okay to work a lot, but it's probably better to do it in in better increments rather than killing ourselves with these crazy ideas. And, and I think COVID has been good in terms of pointing that out to people and saying, okay, yes, you can work from home. Yes, you can do other things a little bit better. And hopefully over the next several years, we'll, we'll see a little bit of a better balance here in the United States. And if more people could go to Greece or other parts of the Mediterranean, whether it's Spain or Portugal or Tunisia, they'll see the same thing. And these people have lived forever, and a lot of blue zones are there as well. I think, to put it perfectly, that um, Greek culture will conquer American culture, hopefully. There we go. You've heard it from the mouths of babes. Greek, Greek culture will conquer American culture. There we go. All right. You knew your way out, right, Sophia? <laughs> <laughs> All right, golf tournament. Day? Uh, again, it's uh, May 27th. That's a Monday at Persimmon Woods. Sir Smashington will be our MC. I hope to help him in terms of peddling all our wares that we hope to make money with for the backstoppers. And the website where they can buy tickets? The Greek Open STL.com. Is there a phone number? The phone number, if you need it, is 314-303-9186. That's yours truly. I have been Ooh. given uh, the dubious distinction of the head of this endeavor, and I don't know if I want to do it again. Uh, last year we were rained out, and I, I rallied the masses of our Spartan troops to say, we're not giving in to the weather. And we had a really, really good time uh, afterwards with Smash uh, and his help in terms of our auction and everything else that came to it. This year, the weather is going to be perfect. Knock on wood. Side note, thanks for being an overtimer. Thank you as well for doing this. I have learned a lot about people in the St. Louis area that I would have never learned uh, the obscure ones are, are the best as far as I'm concerned. And I, I throw myself into that category as one of the obscure people that are given a little bit of time with this great platform. Welcome to the Overtime family. Great to be here. <laughs> Thank you so much, David. And another one for the books. We'll drop the next one Thursday as we do. Subscribe, share, live. Thanks for your time this time. Till next time, so long.